I want to tell you a story. I went for a walk in the rain the other day. Uh, plenty of such days are available in this country these days. And um, I, I went in my, my Gore-Tex coat. I was very pleased about this. Gore-Tex invented by Mr. Gore. I was wearing my, uh, my Doc Martens shoes uh, invented by Dr. Martin. And I got into the house and I thought... Um, I thought, what shall I do? Um, what shall I do? Uh, oh, <laughs> the Hoover. Yes, the Hoover. Well, I, I, I do like a bit of hoovering, and we've had a bit of work done in the house recently, so there's quite a lot of hoovering to do. So I set about a bit of hoovering for a while. Who invented the Hoover? But Mr. Hoover himself. And after a little while, I thought, Michael, you deserve a sit-down, a coffee, and something sweet. So I thought, oh, I know what I would like. I would like some of that nice pavlova. Yeah, pavlova is my favorite thing. But unfortunately, I looked in the fridge, and Mrs. Gordon had not produced any pavlova. So uh, I had to make do with Mr. Tunnock's finest tea cake, uh, a very fine Scottish confection. And uh, so I, I was sitting there with my coffee and my Tunnock's tea cake box, uh, tucking into number two, uh, thinking, um, do you know, my son has had a daughter recently, so he's become a father again. So my son has become a father. And I thought to myself, well, who invented fathers? Who invented the whole idea of fathers and families? And then it came to my mind, there was a verse about that, I think, in Ephesians. I'll show it to you here. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every father in heaven and on earth takes its name. So uh, something really important has been prevented, (laughs) invented. (laughs) Let me just have a look at my notes since I'm I'm a little bit nervous to speak to you without reference to my notes. So it turns out that inventions are, the invention of the father and of the family is really important. Well, Jesus certainly thought so. If you, if you read John's Gospel all the way through, which is an interesting exercise, you will see him making reference a lot to the idea that God is a father to him and a father to us. And this verse in Ephesians talks about, I, uh, I will bow my knee before the Father, the Father. Um, but Jesus uh, teaches us that uh, if we are uh, if we are relying on him to bring us into the presence of the Father, we can call him our Father. Uh, So I know that some people have had difficult relationships with their Father. Some people have been brought up without reference to a Father at all. But the, the great thing is that we can relate to the Father as our Father. And he is the original, the greatest, the inventor of the whole idea. And it's the relationship between that father and the child that is us um, that the reading is all about and Gillian is going to bring the reading for us for us now Hello, the reading is um, from Matthew chapter 7 which is in, on page 6 in the New Testament part of the Bible Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 11 Jesus said ask and it will be given to you Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. 
For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Simon was saying that he is a new father, and there may be some other new fathers here, relatively new fathers. Parenting is a jolly difficult thing to get right, isn't it? It is. And so I thought, what better than to get a, a patriarchal panel, a, a panel of papas, perhaps, uh, three experienced fathers to join me on the stage here, and then I will ask them some questions. And they will answer. It's, it's largely a non-speaking part, I told them, so that we'll have better, better keep to that. Um, they will answer with their paddles, either yes, no, or maybe. So, so uh, just, just sort of put them through their paces. Um, uh, maybe a helpful help to new fathers, and, and Simon in particular. Not that he's you know, struggling or anything. I mean, he seems to be doing all right. <laughs> so if I could have my three volunteer fathers who I, I sort of... Um, was not, there was no arm twisting involved. No, they were fairly... fairly sleep- oh, good, good, good. Excellent. Well, just take a seat there. It'll hardly hurt at all. Um, yeah. I just... I, thought, I did say it would be a non-speaking part. However, um, why don't you just say who you are and who you're busy fathering these days? I'm uh, Stephen, also known as Smack. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm father to uh, Bonnie, who is eight, and Ella, who is nine. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Here's your equipment. <coughs> well, I can barely remember being a father, to be honest. It seems such a long time ago. I'm David, and I am father to Lois, who is... 31, 32, something like that. And Lucy was just 29. Very good, very good. Thank you. There, there we are. And Alan? Uh, hi, everyone. Um, I'm Alan. Uh, my two kids are sat just behind Helen there. Uh, Harry's the naughty one, who's 13, and Jack's the monster, who's 8. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. That was, so it's off to a flying start here. Um, that was the easy bit. Now... <clears throat> So I want, you to, um, I want you to think of yourself as the father of a four-year-old child. And question number one is, Dad, can I watch some more TV, please? Your answers, please. <laughs> I think, I think, I think that's, that is the best answer. You know, that is the, the best answer. There's no right or wrong, but that's a jolly good answer. <clears throat> Question number two from your four-year-old child. Can I have a little piece of your chocolate? <laughs> oh, I see. Well, each to their own, you know. Each to their own. Thank you very much. Thank you. <clears throat> Moving on, it's getting slightly more difficult, arguably, uh, with a 14-year-old child. Um, can you help me find those nice white trainers you got me? I want to go and help mum with the gardening. 
Um, tricky one. It's a, it's a two-parter. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> looks like any help in the garden is welcome, regardless of the cost in trainer. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Yes. Very good. So <clears throat> moving on then, and uh, uh, this is still to come, uh, Steve and Alan, but you have been here with this, a 24-year-old child, if I may call them a child, uh, but I suppose they continue to be a child in a sense, don't they? Um, could you help me buy a car, please? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of hard line, uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, keep them guessing. But very generous, yes. <laughs> And um, could you help me work out what job to apply for? Oh, yes, yes. This, this, is, this is a sign of, this is how you do it, this sort of stuff, yeah. Thank you. And then finally, would you like it if your son or daughter stopped asking you for things? <laughs> 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 okay, thank you very much. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. Because that, isn't, isn't that the thing that fathers and mothers, they like to be asked things by their children? Why is that? All sorts of reasons, but it, it builds and it maintains relationships. And, and our Father God is just the same. He, he loves us when we ask him about things and for things. Uh, and it says actually in, in James chapter 4 that sometimes the reason we don't get things is because we don't ask for things. And as you saw there, sometimes the answer will be a very obvious yes, sometimes a very rapid no, but very often it seems to be when we pray, it's, it's a very definite maybe. Um, and it's a, it's a matter of, biding our time and perhaps asking repeatedly over a period of time and then things may become clear. So we're going to move on to do some asking now and Simon's going to lead us in some prayers. told that came to mind as I was preparing this. <clears throat> it's a story about a father and about his two sons. I hope you can see that. It's, it's rather poorly projected but a beautiful uh, Rembrandt uh, painting uh, related to the story, you might be familiar with this story. I suspect many of you are. But if you're not, I'll just run through it. With the two sons and the father, and the younger one says to his father, could you divide up what I'm, what I'm going to get by way of inheritance and let me have it early, please? And the father says, all right then. And uh, he divides it up. And the, the next day he goes off this younger son to a different country, and he has a wild time. And he squanders ultimately all the money that he's got. And he gets into a right state to the point where he thinks, I'm going to die here. And then he thinks to himself, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I'm back home. The slaves are getting better treated than I'm being treated at the moment by my master. I'm going to go back home. And what shall I say? Well, I'll say... I'll say, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he thinks, right, well, off I go. And uh, as he approaches home, his father sees him, runs out to him, arms open, embraces him, kisses him. And the younger son comes out with his prepared line, <clears throat> I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. 
And his father says to him, effectively, don't be ridiculous. I won't hear of it. My son was lost and is found. Let the celebrations begin. So do you notice something in that story? The son has asked the father for something. Okay, maybe it was cheeky. It was cheeky. Maybe it was wrong to ask such a thing. I think it was wrong. And rightly or wrongly, the father has said yes to it. He has understood his status. The younger son has understood his status as the child of his father. And when he came back, he wanted to change his status to servant, to slave, but his father was having none of it. The story goes on, of course. Uh, Those who are familiar with it will know. The elder son, who's out in the fields, hears the celebrations. And I think it's true to say, is disgusted when he realizes what's going on. And he says to the father, and I think this is a, a very revealing line, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, like a slave. All the time, perhaps, he had misunderstood the relationship. All those years, he didn't dare ask his father for anything much. And because he got the wrong end of the stick and didn't understand, he couldn't celebrate. He needed to be reminded by his father. In verse 31, it's Luke 15 if you want to read it when you get home. The father says, Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. And isn't that the message for us? When we pray, when we ask, Especially when we've messed up in life, we must remember that we're talking to our Father who's delighted to hear from us. And if we say to God, our Father, I've messed up and I want you to treat me like a slave, we're going to get a loud no consistently. That's not the way he wants it to be. But if we say to our Father, I've messed up, I'm sorry, I want to relate to you again, I want us to be like family, will you forgive me? the answer will always be a loud yes. Not only that, and let the celebrations begin. Thank you.